today. You may be seated for just a moment. Today is this special day of Mother's Day, and we want to pay special honor to all of our mothers today. Following the service, there will be a, um, a CD at the uh, back welcome center as you go out. So if you're a, a mother, please go by there and pick up your gift. The church wants to tell you that they love you, and uh, we just know it'll be great. So please remember to do that. And then this evening, you have the day off, moms. You can stay home and rest tonight and be with your family. We're going to dismiss service on Mother's Day. We always do that to allow us to have this time of fellowship and time of uh, getting reacquainted with our families. So uh, remember that's a compliment, not a, a thing you have to work and do. So everybody needs to work around you. This is a time I want to say a special thank you to all the mothers. If you're a mother and you're just proud of it, would you stand all over the building, all of our beautiful ladies today? Isn't that beautiful? Oh, wow. Wow, thank you. Thank you, mothers. You may be seated. Uh, 600 students at a university were asked to write 
on a piece of paper the most beautiful word in the English language. 422 wrote mother. That was the most special word in the English language to those students. And then 112 wrote, wrote home. Home and uh, mother. Those were the two words that meant the most to them. You know, I'm a mother. I have two sons that are grown, and they don't get to come to church here much. And I kind of felt sad today because they both work at a church. And every Sunday, they're faithful. And uh, Lanny goes, he's a music director at uh, Fairfax in Cincinnati, and then Greg works at the Horizon Church. And they go every Sunday, and I don't get to be with them. But I'm so thankful that they're in the ministry and they work for God. That is the greatest blessing to me, that God would choose our children to follow Him. And we thank you for being here. You look so beautiful today. And I just want to do this. I know it might be a little perturbing to some of you, but I want to do it. Sometimes I like to provoke you. It's about a, a top 10 list. And I, I want to read some of the things, suggestions. The day's not over. If you haven't done anything for your parents, listen to this. You can buy her flowers. Don't be a cheapskate. Get her the best. And two, you can give her hugs and kisses. Every mom likes to be given an unexpected hug and a peck on the cheek by her son or daughter. Three, you can compliment her. Say something nice about her hair or her dress. Four, help her out around the house. A mother's work is never done. Five, say thanks for the big and small things she has done. And six, pray for her. Moms need prayers too. Seven, honor her by your godly lifestyle. Eight, respect her opinion. She has earned it. And nine, cherish your time with her. It will be ended too soon. Tell her you love her and don't take for granted that she knows it. I always leave a note on the mirror for one of our sons who lives at home. And I always leave it if it's something he needs to do. Don't forget to do this and do that. So today, I, I wrote a note and put it on the mirror. And it said, Lanny, thank you for the beautiful flowers. He brought me some flowers yesterday. He was so nervous they wouldn't get there. He said, Mom, did, you, did anybody come yet to the house? He called me from work. Did anybody come today? And I said, no. Is there somebody coming? He said, well, there should be. So when he called back and I said, they're here, Lanny. They're beautiful, your roses. That just touched my heart so much because I love to be appreciated too. And I know that being a mother is one of the greatest callings in life. So thank you, mothers, for being here to share with us. Now we're going to ask all of our visitors and regular attenders to please stand, leaving our, um, our visitors seated, rather. I want all the members and regular attenders to stand, leaving our visitors seated for just a moment. We're going to get out and shake hands and greet one another. Give somebody a God bless you and tell you can share your name with them and greet one another around you. Show your friendliness today. Thank you.
on this Mother's Day, Lord, when we honor the hearts of a mom that you have poured in to precious ladies on this earth, we give you honor and praise. We thank you because we know it's an outpouring of your very heart to this earth. We give you praise. We thank you this morning for your presence. We thank you that on this Sunday morning worship, Lord, you're here. You're here meeting needs and touching in lives. You're, you're ministering healing and deliverance in this house. Right here, right now, Father, we see and feel and know the hand of God at work in this place. And we give you great honor. We give you great praise. You are worthy. Do you believe that this morning? Why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord great praise. Come on, let's not do it halfway. Let's give him great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the last week of my mom's life on this day, it's a little reflectory for me to look back at Psalm 18. Her very favorite, one of her very favorite passages of scripture. Listen to it. And moms, this is for you this morning. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Do you know what that says to me? That says he's anything and everything I'll ever need in this life. Amen. He's everything. I love in the Old Testament when Moses said, who should I say has sent me? And God looked down and just said, tell him I am sent you. I am what? I am all things, anything, nothing is too hard for me. All things are possible through God. So as we've prayed today, we want to continue to pray for you, for your family, especially, especially on a day like today for our moms. We love you. We honor you. We thank God for you. Every husband standing next to your wife, reach over right now and just give her a good kiss. If you're sitting close to her, just go ahead. Right here, holy in the house of the Lord. Amen. We honor you kids before the day's over there's got to be some kind of kiss on the cheek right or left but sometime today there has to be a kiss on the cheek it's so good to see you on this Sunday morning we want to go to the Lord in prayer right here in our service for Israel we always want to stand with Israel and obeying the word of God and seeking her good amen praying for the peace of Jerusalem as well in this prayer we want to pray and we're reminded of the tragedies that are happening all across the United States with the weather that's happening. Tornado Alley. Couldn't believe it the other night when I heard that over 50 tornadoes ripped through those areas. Killing many, hurting many, lots of folks left without homes. The very least we can do this morning is pray for them. Amen find there are many different ways you can serve many ways you can find to to be a part of the rescue and relief for them but this morning let's gather together as a congregation as we pray for Israel and then pray for those in our own country going through difficult times let's pray father as we come before you we lift up the state of Israel we ask you to touch her and minister Lord to her sons and her daughters we ask Lord you protect her borders 
that you'd keep her, Lord, from the enemies that are surrounding her on every side. We ask you, Lord, as you continue to protect her and assign her, we thank you for your covering. We ask you to heal and to lead and to guide them, protect them. And Lord, we ask for your blessings over them. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, obeying and honoring your word to seek her good. We ask you, Lord, to touch the families who are affected and touched by so much devastation this last week. We pray in the name of Jesus, you would provide for them, be there for them. Lord, we know that in times like this, people of faith have always got testimonies of your goodness over their lives. We thank you for that. And we know your angels go before us and behind us. We ask you to keep your hand on the people. Touch them now. And Lord, those who are going into dangerous situations, Lord, from one coast to the other, we just ask for protection over our people in America. We ask for guidance and direction for our leaders, for our people. Touch and minister to America, God. And may we ever turn our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help, Lord, comes from you. We honor you today and we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. One more time, would you give it up for our young people who've come out here today and ministered? I like what Liz said when she talked about how beautiful they are and how young they are. And I noticed my sister Angie particularly liked the part about how young they are. But, uh, we're, we're delighted on this Mother's Day. A, a treat for you is to bring these young ladies up on stage and have them minister. And I think they've done a fantastic job so far. Amen. You may be seated. Now I'm coming. Where is the little guy? Kinsley Leanne Harold, where are you all at? There, I'm coming to get that child. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she is three days old. This is little Kinsley Leanne Harold, parents to Audrey and Kyle Harold, and we're delighted that she has come to church only three days old. I think she gets the record. I don't think we've ever had one here any earlier than this. So you got a, you got a church-wide world record, and we're glad to meet you, girl. A little shy, I realize that, yes.
one of the very favorite parts of my job is to honor the our brand new little beautiful babies who come to be with us we are as we said we're so delighted to see you and have you here on mother's day what a good crowd we're glad to have so many folks visiting with us with our guest speaker her name is Teresa Norman she lives in Cleveland Tennessee title of her message this morning is your life your legacy she is a Bible teacher speaker ordained minister in the Church of God she holds an undergraduate degree in nursing and business and a master's degree in counseling she was appointed to the board of directors for Habitat for Humanity for the Salvation Army she serves as chaplain for the Cleveland Tennessee Police Department and she serves as well on the Tennessee Church of God Women's Board She's compiled a wonderful set of beautiful testimonies of the faithfulness of God. And uh, they are out at the table this morning for you to go by and look at and take every one of them home. We don't want her to have to carry anything back to Tennessee. The book is called Faith Walkers. And you're going to want to take a look at that. And you are in for a treat. At 8.30 this morning, we've already went, went round one. And boy, the Spirit of God used her in a wonderful way to minister to people. One of the most amazing messages I've ever heard, and that's your commercial. So hold on to your seat, because it's coming. We're delighted to have her with us. We would know her best as Bishop uh, Stan and Teresa Holder's older sister. And uh, she is part of the wonderful Holder family who we love and cherish here and treasure our friendship with all around uh, this area we love them and we're glad that she is here and she has got some wonderful folks with her someone we want to honor because we remember you from years ago sister holder you used to come when stan and Teresa was here as youth pastors at our church and we would like you to stand we want to honor you and thank you for being here on mother's day amen and then there is your daughter is here and grandchildren and some friends that are here. Would you all stand? We'd like to recognize all those from Tennessee that have come to be with us today. Amen. What I loved about her title, Your Life, Your Legacy, is that she kind of gave us the illustration of that by her own family. She called uh, to tell us we were kind of getting coordinated for her to come. And she mentioned that, well, you know, it's Mother's Day and none of my family want to be without me on Mother's Day so they're all trailing up here to be with us and so and as well she brought her own mother so you have about as many generations as we have sitting in this church this morning so we're delighted and we're very excited that you're here to be with us and like I said you're in for quite a treat as we go before the Lord and honor him with our gifts and our giving our worship I'm reminded that this is something that God has given to us as an opportunity all throughout his word you know a lot of folks will say the church is always asking for money can I tell you something we're not asking for money we don't want your money what we want is to honor God's word and God is the one who asks his people to give and as you give today of your first fruits your blessings as you bring to him in your worship your gifts your offerings I would ask you to be cognitive of the fact that today we want to honor sister Teresa Norman as we give in this offering we're giving in a way that will bless and touch her ministry you're going to find at the conclusion of today's service that God has got his hand on this precious lady and he's using her to minister his word and as she travels around the United States and the world to do that we get to be a part of that today by our gifts 
so I would ask you to reach in and dig a little deeper than normal perhaps so that we could be a part of bringing a blessing to someone else we may not ever meet but someone that will be ministered to through her amen amen let's pray father as we come we thank you for this opportunity and this privilege we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will bless and touch through our gifts Lord those that have come in obedience to your word they're paying their tithe we thank you for the ministries we thank you Lord for the work they support and they love here in this local body and Lord for our gifts our offerings we thank you that that will leave this place and go to ministries and to places we'll never go personally but Lord we get the opportunity to be a part of today I pray this blessing in the name of Jesus Christ giving you the honor and all of the glory in Jesus name amen at the conclusion of the ladies coming to sing again, our guest, Sister Norman, will be coming to minister. God bless you. How many of you know that you are not without hope this morning? I read this quote this week that said, even the tiniest shred of hope is the most powerful thing. And the good news is this morning, you don't have tiny hope. You don't have a shred of hope. Your hope belongs in the hands of the King of Kings, our almighty God. We thank him for his hope today. We thank you, Lord, for your power and your might in our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
him one more hand clap of praise this morning. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's where my hope is coming from, has always been. I hope in the Lord. Amen. You may be seated this morning in the house of God. I thank you so much for inviting me. Your uh, pastor's taking a big old chance, you know. He's never met me before, has no idea. We met this morning at about 8.30. And uh, don't you just love the Holy Spirit, though, who will say it's okay. He will lead and guide us into all truth. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here today with you and thank him so much for extending me the uh, invitation. And you'll get to meet some of these people that came with me as I talk today, but I just thank you so much. I believe with all my heart today that the Lord has a message. He has an answer, a rhema word, something specific for you. After this morning, the early morning service, I had several people come forth and just say, I had one young man that said, I didn't even want to come this morning because my mom is not here. But he said, you have instilled in me a desire to reflect on her life today, to reflect on her love for me, to reflect on her love for Jesus. So I believe this morning, whatever you need, don't you believe the Lord can take one message and pour into your life today and give you exactly what you need from Him, right? Amen. I want to hear an amen on that. I want to talk to you today about legacy and heritage. It is important what you choose to do in the circumstances of life, what you say, how you act. Your choices do matter for you, for your life, for your family, for your church, and for your community. And get this, for years to come, the choices that you make today, this weekend will matter even into eternity. Do you believe that? That's what I want to talk to you about today is your legacy. What will people say about you even a hundred years from now? What will people say about you even today or tomorrow? How you lived your life through a crisis a year ago? What will people say about your faith in this God that we're worshiping in his house today? That's what we're going to talk about. And my foundational scripture is in Psalm 78, verses 1 through 7. And I'll read it for you, and I think it's going to be on the screen. Oh, my people. Hear my teachings, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter hidden things, things of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers, and I'm going to say this morning, what our mothers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach our children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they will put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? 
Okay. I understand from your pastor and some of your congregation that you are celebrating 100 years this year. Let me just clap for you. 100 years this church has been organized. Man, what a heritage in this congregation. What a heritage in this community. What a legacy for Middletown, Ohio. Do you think they know Stratford Heights Church of God and what they do for your community? Yes, people know that. Even people that do not attend this church realize that. What a rich heritage you have here. I would just, I did this in the morning service, and I'd like to do it again. How many of you here have at least two generations that are, have attended this church? Two generations deep in this church. Look at the hands. How many three? I had some three generations deep in the church. Look at that. Three generations of your family have attended this church. What a rich heritage you have for your church, your community, and even this world. I'm all about leaving a legacy of faith. A legacy of faith. Good deeds. What the Lord has done for me. I want to pass it on to the next generation. It's very important to me that these two youngest guys right over here know what's important to Nana. And that would be God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the church and my faith and my hope. That's what's important to me. I'm not going to be able to leave them millions of dollars. I can leave them something much richer than money will ever buy them. If I can leave them a faith in a God that will not fail them, no matter what comes into their life, I can leave them that legacy. Amen? That's what I want to leave today. You know, I've got my, you met my mother. Here, here's my daughter, Dana. Just wave. You don't have to stand up again. I got my, I'm calling them family. You know, they're, they're, they're more than friends. They're not really biologically in your family, but they're family. Don't you love that commercial? That would be Donnie and Angie. Okay, they're just like my kids, so you can wave too, guys. You're going to hear a little bit from Donnie later. Okay, that's, that's who I want them to know what is important to me, and that is my faith in God. Do you know my mother will be 87? Am I right? In two days? 86 in two days. 86 years old. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give her the microphone. Listen, you would be so blessed if I would. But if I could tell her, Mother, you've got something to tell this congregation, what would it be? She would say, I was saved when I was six years old. And from that day till now, I don't regret a mile I've traveled with the Lord. What a heritage that is. What a testimony it is to know that I was raised by a Pentecostal mother that taught me to have faith in a God that would not fail me. Both my grandmothers, I have a real deep heritage of Christian faith in my family. My daughter, a wonderful Christian wife and mother, but most importantly... We all know this, those of us who are grandmothers. Are these two youngest ones right down here, most importantly? Tucker, who will be 20 this summer, and Kaysen, who will be 12 this summer, or actually this fall. You'll get, you could even meet them girls. I noticed there was this whole crowd of people standing right here. You would just fit so well into our family. And if you really, 
If you wanted to meet them, they're going to be at the book table after church. Just go on by and, you know, talk to them and give them your phone number. Give them your phone number. You know, girls, we're a little bit more forward today, right? Amen in the 21st century. Let me tell you, though, seriously. Well, I was serious about that, too, really. But (laughs) did I embarrass you all? Okay, good. Okay. Okay. uh, What I really want to tell you about this right over here is that they are fifth-generation Christians. Fifth-generation I love that, that they know about God and Jesus. We sit around and talk about that. I know the scripture I just read to you because that's where we spend our time when we're together as family. You know, they, when they were growing up, they used to say, Nana, is this another God story? And I'd say, yes, it is. And you're going to sit right down here and listen to it. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at our family and our friends, you would think that we have been exempt from problems. We've traveled up here and we get to travel around and preach the gospel and sing and Pastor Donnie and Angie have just gone through a terrible crisis in their life. We're not exempt from problems in our life. We are just like you. Can I tell you just a little bit about my life? Because their life is their testimony. Amen? But here's my life. I was raised in the church from childhood and when I was 14 years old, my brother was killed in a hunting accident and the fatal wound came from my younger brother's gun. In 1971, I graduated from high school, got married, had a baby, not in proper order. I have suffered from the rejection of a husband and a divorce that I did not want. I made it through the rebellious years of two teenagers, uh, both a daughter and a son. I've been through near-fatal aneurysms with my mother, including multiple surgeries, and I faced inoperable cancer and the death of my father. I loved my son through 10 years of drug and alcohol addiction. And for more than 10 years, he's been set free. Amen. I now care for an aging mother who prays for us every day. And in the past 36 months, she's fallen twice, broken her arm, her ribs, had a punctured lung, was hospitalized. And just a few weeks ago, I thought she was going to go home to be with the Lord. The, the, the very fact that she's here with you today is a medical miracle. I'm just telling you today. In the midst, in the midst of all of that life, the doctors found a tumor in my stomach that had to be removed immediately. I was even out of town at my daughter's and had to be removed immediately. It was the same tumor that killed my dad in 10 days. And I'm three years past removal of that tumor in my stomach. All my margins are clear. No chemotherapy, no radiation. I'm thrilled about that. But don't misunderstand me. If I had gone on to be with the Lord and someone else was standing in this pulpit to deliver this message today, my God is a faithful, healing God. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm living my dream in the ministry, preaching the gospel. I work a second job for my health care benefits as a nurse. And every day I try to balance all of that. And most days I feel like I'm failing, which I know most of you do too. God and I have raised two children by ourselves without very little help 
from their biological father. That's why I don't worry about the economic crisis today because once I was young and now I'm older and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. When I read my testimony, it will wear me out, to be honest with you. But you know what? My testimony is no different than yours. Life happens. That's just the bottom line. Life happens. It's through the good and through the bad that we make choices in our life about how we're going to act and react. And that is the legacy and the heritage that we can pass on. Is in the good times, praise his name. And in the bad times, do the same. In everything you do, give the King of kings and the Lord of lords all the praise in your life. That's my message to you today. This is what I want to tell these guys right over here. God is always present. He is all-knowing and he is all-powerful over every situation in your life. That God cares about the details in your life. Your hair on your head is numbered. He has your name engraved or tattooed in the palm of his hand according to the word of God. And in Zephaniah, it says he sang a song over every one of us this morning. That's how interested he is in every little detail in our life. Psalm, David wrote this in the Psalms. He goes behind me, he goes before me, and he has laid his hand upon my life. Don't you love that? I love that, that we serve that kind of God. That's what I want to pass on to this generation over here. There is no place you can go. You can go to the heavens, and he'll be there. You can make your bed in hell, which I've done before, and guess what? He's there. There is no place you can ever get away from the love and the grace and the mercy of God in your life. I can break it down for some of you. There ain't no mountain high enough. There ain't no valley low enough, and there ain't no river wide enough to keep the love of God away from you and your family, and your church, and your community. And for that, you should give him a hand clap of praise today. We must tell the next generation, there is nothing that will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We must tell them that God is love, and according to Paul's writing, love never fails. There's not much you can say in life that will not fail you. Everything, cars and homes and jobs and money, all of that will fail you. But my God is love and love never fails. We must tell the next generation about the unmerited, unearned love of God. That his grace is greater regardless of any circumstance you will ever find yourself in. His grace is greater. This morning, what I want to tell you is this. There is no way you can measure the impact of your life in just the few years that you will live here on this earth. The impact that you will leave, the heritage, the legacy, will be measured far beyond your lifespan on into eternity. And I'm going to prove that to you using the scriptures today. So if you're discouraged or you think your life is not what it should be today, 
Hold on, because God's got a plan for your life. According to Jeremiah 29, 11, he's got a plan for every one of us. And guess what? It's not to harm you. It's to give you a hope and a future. I'm counting on a hope and a future for me. But more than that, I'm counting on a hope and a future for these two sitting right over here. I've got two more at home. I've got four grandsons, and let me tell you something. They've got a hope and a future to be the men of God that God has called them to be. Amen? That's what I want to talk to you about today. So if you're discouraged, I want you to listen to the story that comes in the, that's written in the Bible. It comes to us from Genesis chapter 29. You don't have to turn there. I'm not going to read a lot of it. I just want you, that'll be your afternoon reading, Genesis 29. If you look at Leah and Rachel's life, You will see that it starts in Genesis 29, but that it ends all the way over in Revelation 21. Her legacy is throughout the entire Bible, and I'm going to talk to you about Leah today. Leah made right decisions. Leah was faithful. I don't have this in my notes, but I just want to tell you this, something that Mother Teresa said. Peter Jennings was interviewing Mother Teresa and said, I bet you feel like a failure, don't you? There's no way you could reach everybody that needs you in Calcutta. She said, God did not call me to be a success. He called me to be faithful. And that's what Leah was, faithful. Leah persevered through the worst of times. Leah poured her life into her family. And Leah has not yet seen the reward that God has waiting on her. And I'm going to prove that in Scripture today. Genesis 29 says this right away. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. That means she had not been on the front of the 17 magazine, okay? Rachel had been there, but Leah had not been there, okay? So here's what happened. Most of us, I believe, can relate to Leah Because we see ourselves like her. There's always going to be somebody better, you know, always. There's always going to be somebody more attractive, always going to be someone more talented than you are, earns more money. Their children are going to make better grades than yours. And there's always going to be somebody that has better results in their ministry. You know the story, Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau, and he ran to a relative, which was Laban. Laban had two daughters, Leah and Rachel, but Rachel caught his eye. He started working for Laban, and Laban saw all the hard work that he was doing. He said, I need to pay you. What can I pay you? And he said, you can give me Rachel. That's what I want. So Laban said, okay. So as you know, back in those days, the feast for a wedding was a week or longer And they started having the feast. But Jacob, the deceiver, was about to be deceived. Because on that wedding night, Laban delivered Leah to the wedding tent. Local customs call that the oldest daughter would be married first. She would have been heavily veiled because that was the custom. And back in those days, there was no electricity in those tents. So he had no idea Leah was under all those veils. Genesis 29, 25 says very little, but tells us a lot about the story. 
when morning came, there was Leah. Can you hear the disappointment in that? She had been forced into two indignities. One, her father had forced her into a marriage where her husband really did not want her. And number two, she lost her love to her little sister. Genesis 29.30 says this, Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. Guys, let me just go off to the side note here just a minute. Don't say it out loud, even if it's the truth. If you've loved somebody else in your past a long time ago, don't say it. And listen, do not write that down for future generations to find at a later date. It's hurtful, right, girls? Okay, I just want to make sure. Do not write that kind of stuff down, okay? And don't say it and don't even think it and ask the Lord to forgive you and rebuke the enemy when he brings that other person to your mind. That's all I'm saying about that. Can you imagine Leah's emotions at this time? Don't you think that she was hurt? I do. I think she felt shame. I think she sat alone in that tent and probably cried at least every other day because he went between the two. She felt alone. She suffered the pain from her father's decision and rejection from Jacob. In fact, Jacob, as you know from the story in the Word, he demanded Rachel. Now, how do you like that for your honeymoon morning? Demanding your little sister. Laban agreed, as you know, to give uh, Rachel over to Jacob if he would work another seven years, and he did. Was life fair for Leah? I say no. Her looks were against her. Her younger sister, the scripture says, was much more captivating than she. Her husband slept with her, but he did not love her. But here's we, where we see the sovereignty of God in the story. Genesis 29, 31 says this. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened up her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah started having these sons for Jacob, thinking that was going to make a difference. Girls, you know how we do. We try to earn it. If they don't love us right away, we're trying to earn it somehow. She thought, I'll start having these babies, and he will love me. So when the first one was born, that was Reuben, she said, it's because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Second son, Simeon, because the Lord has heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. She kept having these sons for Jacob. Third son, Levi, which meant attached. Now that my husband, now that I've had this son, my husband will become attached to me. But guess what? He didn't. And on Leah's, the birth of Leah's fourth son, she had reached a place in her life, and she thought, if he never loves me like he does Rachel, I'm still going to praise God. If life has not turned out, even like I thought it was going to turn out, I'm still going to praise God. 
And so she named him Judah, which meant praise. Do you hear Leah's faith every time? The Lord sees I'm not loved. The Lord hears I'm not loved. The Lord has attached himself to me. He knows that. And let me just tell some of you this today. The Lord sees where you are. He hears your prayer when you're calling out to him in the middle of the night. And let me tell you something. He has attached himself to you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You can count on him, as your pastor says, 10 times out of 10. Her circumstances had brought her misery. But her view of God was one of trust. Leah had a purity of faith. You know what that is? It's when we trust our God enough that we don't have to pre-plan, pre-arrange, or manipulate His will in our life. But we can stand on Philippians 1, 6, which says, He who began a good work in me is able to bring it to completion. That's trusting God, knowing that how He started with you and how it will end is exactly how God planned for your life. When we trust in Him, that means we can lean back knowing everything that has come in and out of our life has been filtered through the love of God. God doesn't need our help. He wants our trust and cooperation. Amen? In the meantime, you know this, Rachel became jealous and gave her handmaiden to Jacob. I want to see your hands right now if you know that more than one wife in your marriage is too many. More than one, thank you. One, everybody just say one. Okay, Rachel opened all this up, I'm just telling you. Okay, so this is important. The handmaiden gave Jacob two sons, which is Dan and Naphtali. Then Leah, not to be outdone, gave her maidservant also to Jacob. They had two more sons, Gad and Asher. This is important, the names are. Then God opened Leah's womb up again and bore Issachar, Zebulon, and Dinah. You know from Genesis that Rachel finally gave birth to Joseph, and then she died giving birth to Benjamin. The Bible says that Rachel was buried in Bethlehem, and that's very important. Leah outlived Rachel. Who did God trust to raise the 12 sons of Jacob? He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there was going to be 12 tribes of Israel. He saw something in a woman who put her trust in God. He could trust her. She would not try to manipulate and pre-plan, but she would do exactly as God told her. Do you know that as Jacob's dying request, and this is in Genesis 49, Here's his instructions. And you know, it kind of breaks my heart that Leah never knew this. Remember, he's buried Rachel over in Bethlehem. But look what Genesis 49 says about Jacob's dying request. He gave instructions to bury him with his grandparents, Abraham and Sarah, and his parents, Isaac and Rebekah. And then listen what the scripture says. There I buried Leah. At the end, Leah had won his love and respect, but she didn't 
even know it, but there's a time coming that she will. Leah's life teaches us this. We cannot measure the impact of our life in this lifetime. It may come in years and decades that will follow. Get ready, and I want you to hear about the sovereignty of God in Leah's life. Leah's story fits into a much broader range. The priestly line comes through Leah's third son, Levi. If we didn't have Levi, there would be no Moses, no Aaron, and no Miriam. Without Moses, we would not have the first five books of the Old Testament, and we would not have the Ten Commandments. We more than likely would not have the Exodus from Egypt. Leah's fourth son, Judah, from there came Boaz, David, and Solomon. So without Then there would be no psalm, no proverbs, no song of Solomon, no Ecclesiastes. From Leah came all the high priests, the priests and the Levites. The five kings of Judah came from the heritage of Leah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel came from the priestly line. Nehemiah from the line of Judah. The key players in the Christmas story came from Leah. Mary and Joseph from the line of Judah, and Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John the Baptist from Levi. Without Judah, there would be no David, no Jesus, no salvation, and no reason to sing, Joy to the world, for the Lord is come. What can we take away from this story? You cannot measure the impact that you will make on this world from your life in your lifespan. Time and distance will determine the legacy that you leave. Leah had no idea when she was sitting in that tent crying over life that she would raise the priestly and the kingly line. A large portion of the Bible would not have been written if Leah had thrown in the towel. Do you realize she had no idea that her DNA would be in the Savior of the world and you have no idea what God is birthing in you if you will turn your life over to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings today. You may be struggling today. Someone in your family may be struggling. But you have not lived long enough to see the end of the story. How you handle your life truly matters. It matters to your family. It matters to your church. It matters to this community. And you can make a difference even in this world. Like Leah, we can't see down the road, yet the choices we make establish our legacy. What will be said of you? What will be said of you? What will be said of your family? Like Leah, I believe that we can all proclaim this. She probably had something to do, I think, with these words. If she didn't, when she hears them, she's going to know they were written for her. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Amen? Do you believe that? 
Do you know in Revelation chapter 21, I want you to hear what Leah has yet to experience. In Revelation 21, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are given to the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem. Each gate is made of one single pearl. And since I've got just a little bit of time, I'm going to tell you about pearls. Who knows how pearls are made? You know, the sand comes in, that little shell, that little crustacean, you know that. And it's rough and it hurts and it goes out and it's over and over. That roughness, that pain comes in and out until one day it secretes enough oil over that place that there is a beautiful single pearl. What pearls have been fashioned because of the heartache and the circumstances that you have faced in your life? I'm just curious because Leah's sons have their names on half the gates of the new Jerusalem. I can't wait until she walks through them and she's going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Those boys' names are on the gate of the new Jerusalem. I can't wait to walk through them myself and see these names that I have preached about Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Do you realize what happened? Leah's lifetime of suffering and rejection led to eternal grandeur. What will stand in heaven as a tribute for you and your life? I hope I'm going to see these guys right here. I'm not hoping. I know I will. Let me tell you something. Hear me proclaim it today. I'm not going to heaven without my family. I refuse to go to heaven without my family. I could tell you so many stories today about the faithfulness of God. That's why I want you to go by. Get a book. Let me tell you something. If you don't have the money or a checkbook, I don't care. Just get a book, okay? Get a book and take it home with you or share it for someone else because let me tell you something. God is faithful. He's faithful. This right here. I want to see these babies right here. And I've got two more in Cleveland. I want to see my babies in heaven. Their names don't have to be on the gates. I just want to see them there. That will be my reward. It's not going to be a lot of money, guys. It's not going to be a new sports car. It's not going to be all that. But I want to leave them something that money cannot buy. It can buy a bit. It will give them a lifetime of joy, a lifetime of serving God throughout eternity. That's worth more than anything I could ever give them on this earth. You know why? Paul told us this. Those things that we work so hard for, they're going to rust and moths will decay them. But to fix your eyes, on, not on what is seen here on this earth, but fix your eyes on what is unseen because the unseen is forever. Amen? I'm telling you, I've not been to heaven yet. Little Cason, he, he'll be, um, he has a birthday. He'll be a teenager this um, October. He said, Nana, I've been studying about heaven in school. He goes to a Christian school. He says, I'm getting excited to die. 
Okay, what 13-year-old says that? He said, I'm excited when I read about heaven, about just going on there. Is that not precious? I'm taking them with me. When the pastor said that y'all were celebrating a hundred years, listen, it's just how God plans it, isn't it? I have written something that says a hundred years from now, what will people say? Can I just read it to you today? 100 years from now, when someone speaks your name, did you love all, discriminate none, and treat everyone the same? Will you be remembered as a servant, loving, humble, and kind, preferring others before yourself and leaving selfish motives behind? 100 years from now, when someone speaks your name, did you choose to be kind over right, to forgive, accept, and not blame? Were your spoken words of encouraging love, not condemnation, malice, or doubt? Did you lend a helping hand and heart, or did you look for the easy way out? 100 years from now, when someone speaks your name, did you stay committed to your purpose, realizing life is not a game? Was the golden rule your line in the sand, a compromise never considered, a life of integrity, honesty, and trust were always what you delivered? Did you cheat and scheme to get ahead, crushing others in your way? Success at all cost was how you lived. Others would just pay. 100 years from now, when someone speaks your name, will all your wealth, position, and power bring all your earthly fame? Will you be remembered by the car you drove or the house that you sacrificed to own? Or will God receive the glory and praise for making your house a home that welcomed prodigals and strangers, the broken, the tattered, the lost? Sharing Christ was the way, the truth, and the light, despite the time, the cost. 100 years from now, when someone speaks your name, did your words and actions match your life? Your faith remain the same? And will your seed proclaim His name? Will they bear fruit for this world to see? It will be all worth your living. It's your life, your legacy. Could you stand with me this morning? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to upon His promise just to know thus saith the Lord. Now if you know this and you know that that's truth I want you to ring this chorus out as you make your way down to the front for your pastor to pray over you. Jesus Jesus how I trust Him how I've proved Him more and more. 
floor one more time. Jesus. Can I get as many, as many of you as it would, especially all of our moms, our grandmothers, would you get out from where you are and meet us in this altar? Dads, won't you just take her by the hand and escort her down here to this morning. Let's all come together in a word of prayer. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. You know, while Sister Norman was speaking to us, I was thinking about the legacy. How that she, as grandmother, as grandmother to those boys, to her two others in Cleveland, that she was saying, I'm not going to heaven without them. That resonated to me in this room, and I thought there's so many of you here today that, that would say, I'm not going to heaven without my kids. Would you get in a little close? Just come on down. There's some that are standing way down in the aisles. Let's get in as close as we can. If you've got a child, a grandchild, if you've got someone that you believe they're going to go to heaven with you, I want you to get out and make them a proclamation before God this morning. I want you to make your way down. If you, and if you're standing back and you, you can't get out, I totally understand. But I want you to get them in your heart right where you're standing. And I want us to pray this today. I want us to believe God today for that legacy in your life. That your children and your children's children. I love the fact that she's got a daughter here. You know, the da her daughter's been raising her boys and she's been faithful to do that. But we've got daughter, grandma, and great-grandma, and all three of these ladies are a force to be reckoned with. Those boys are going to go to hell over their dead bodies. How many of you would say, my children are going to heaven over my dead body? I'm not going to let my children go the way of the world. I'm not going to let the devil think he has won. I'm believing this morning there's yet a battle to be fought and a battle to be won. As she pointed out, her life has not been perfect. She's had things go wrong just like you and I have had things go wrong. But she's here this morning to stand and testify. Though the winds may rage, though the storm clouds come, though the tornadoes, hurricanes, and earthquakes around us rumble, doesn't matter. 100 years from now, they'll say, they'll say about me, that I left a legacy of faith. How many of you are determined this morning? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fight for my family. I wanna fight for this church. I wanna fight for them. They're not going to the, to the enemy's path. They're not gonna go that way. And I want you to make a declaration this morning that says, my kids, my family, my family, my family, my, all the people in my sphere of influence I am bringing them into this prayer right here this morning and they will not, they will not be missing when we walk through those gates. I wanna see, the Bible says, Jesus says that I have prepared a place for you. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. He may, I may not get my name written on top of a big old pearly gate. I may not have that privilege. Leah's gonna be a, a mess. But I wanna see your house. I've got nieces and nephews in this house this morning. I wanna see your house. I wanna be able to go to where you live 
and I want to see what he prepared for you and I'm over my dead body are you not going to be there I want to see our children our children's children I want to see a legacy and a heritage of faith and I want to see some folks get so determined that you won't be denied if the Bible says Kathy the gates of hell will not prevail against the church you are the church so I want us to storm man I want us to storm this world with a determination that we're gonna grab every son and every daughter. If you have a lost loved one, whether it's a grandchild, a son, a daughter, if you got a husband or a wife that's unsaved this morning and you're praying for them in this altar or in this prayer, I wanna see your hand as high as you can take it. We would double this house, wouldn't we? We'd double the attendance in this house if just they would come into the ark of safety. We're gonna pray right now for every one of them. Uh, if your husband's standing next to your wife, that mother on this precious day, I love what she said. I may not be able to leave you sports cars or lots of money, but one of the things, Jamie, that you can leave your babies is you can leave them what you're bringing to this altar right here, faith and a heritage, a legacy of confidence and trust in God. I want you to be determined, right? I feel the Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord is going to anoint this prayer right here. And I'm thinking, I'm knowing by faith there's going to be an effect. It's going to ripple out of this place. I believe from this very house, if we could take the roof off of it, we'd see that in the spiritual world, I believe the angels of God are going to be dispatched. Some are going to go over to Colorado. Others are going to go down here to Florida and Tennessee and Arkansas, wherever your children are. And they might have to go down to Cincinnati this morning, wherever they are. But I'm believing from this very house this morning, there's going to be an army of angels dispatched to start answering the cries and the prayers of faith that are going to happen in this place. Are you ready? Are you ready? The greatest gift you'll ever get today. Flowers will be great. The free food will be awesome. And you sitting in an easy chair with full control of the remote is going to be a good day. But there'll be nothing better than what's going to take place right here in the next 30 seconds. Are you ready? Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you this morning, we honor you and we bless you. God, we call out every son, every daughter, every grandson, granddaughter. Lord, we call out every brother and sister, every husband and wife. We call them by name in our prayers and asking right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you will touch their hearts fresh and brand new. For Lord, we will not be denied. We're going to stand in faith today on their behalf, standing in the very gap between the deceptions of this world and the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel. We're going to stand in the gap this morning and we're going to bring that together, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come right now in your name and we pray, Lord, that they'll be saved. We pray they'll be rescued. We pray, God, that they'll, they'll see the truth. And Lord, every lie, every deception, every fog, every confusion thought, everything that is standing in between them and faith, we ask right now, we rebuke the enemy and cast down imagination in the name of Jesus. And we believe it today by faith in the name of the Lord. And we rebuke the enemy and every lie he's ever told them. And we claim them saved. We, as, as our sister pointed out, Lord, we will not go without them by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you the praise for every one of them. We give you the praise for their salvation. And we thank you that on this Mother's Day, mark it down in the heavens, something was done in the spiritual realm. 
And Lord, we're believing right now for your angels to go about the business of God. You may have to go into the bedroom where they're sleeping in on this Sunday morning. You might have to go to where they're out playing in the world and living like the devil. God, you may have to go find them in some unattractive places. But Lord, we're asking in Jesus' name, send the power of your Holy Spirit to work in their hearts and minds right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say that with me. In Jesus' name. And now say amen. It's done. It's done. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I want you one time to give it up for the Lord right here. Just give him the greatest praise, the greatest honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now, would you help me to thank our guest speaker today, Sister Teresa Norman. Didn't she do a wonderful job? There she is. God bless you, Sister Teresa. We appreciate her and her family and friends that she brought with her. And I want you to go by her, her table and get that book for her. Don't let her take a one of them home today. And they also, please, every lady. Now, this is for ladies who are mothers, grandmothers. If you're a mama wannabe. I want you to go by and get you a free gift today we have at the back. It's at the information center in our lobby. We have that waiting for you, a smile, and someone will be there to hand that to you. And it's our gift to you, and we want you to be blessed today. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Go be with your family, and make sure your mama feels the love. Amen? God bless you.